Welcome to Fake Gamer Girls. This is a gamer podcast where everything is spooky because it's October. My name is Karen Errol. Yeah, my name's Sam. That's my name. I'm 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 uh Spooky Josie. Spooky Josie. Sam Scam. Yeah. Scary Scary Sam. Very Sam, obviously. So Scary Aaron, Scary Sam, and Spooky Josie. (laughs) Spooky Josie. And Grossy Josie. Nice. Everyone's favorite. Happy October. Uh, Happy October. We're going to do some spooky, spooky, spooky times around here. And guess what? This is episode 29. That's insane. We've recorded. This is the 29th time we're going to be recording one of these episodes, which I'm proud of us, you know? They really stuck this out for more really, than anyone ever could have yeah, thought. Yeah, really. I'm, I know. I'm the queen of starting projects and not finishing them. It's because we all take Adderall now. So <laughs> we are about to continue a project for once in our lives. It's wild. Um, but I just wanted to talk about uh, our next episode is going to be our 30th episode, which is a huge deal. And we have decided to celebrate by hosting a giveaway on our Instagram. Uh, so to celebrate the 30th episode, we are giving away uh, one Steam or Nintendo gift card, your choice. Um, and you can enter that giveaway on our Instagram. So head over to at Fate Gamer Girls Pod or our TikTok, also at Fate Gamer Girls Pod, uh, with full instructions there. Uh, by the t- When this episode comes out, it will be like just barely live. You'll have several days to enter. If you're listening to this in the future, you're maybe listening to like older episodes and you missed the giveaway, I'm so sorry. But what good incentive to follow us on social media so that you never miss another giveaway. True. But yeah, next week on our 30th episode, we'll be announcing the winner. And just, you know, we're just really grateful for everybody that's been supporting us. We're grateful for, you know, everyone that's followed us and for the people that, you know, especially have reached out and and you know really genuinely said like super nice things about our show and and like it really means a lot to us and it's it's been really fun so far and we're excited to continue does have anything to add to that <laughs> we love new no challenge answer. somebody dm us hate no <laughs> send us I hate. Don't a lot of it yeah. no because then i'll read it and i'll get upset well <laughs> we'll text it to you guys oh oh Aaron is the your least favorite <laughs> Please don't. I'll actually cry. I'll actually get really upset and not want to do the podcast anymore. So you should you should rate us uh one to three so it hurts everyone's feelings. Like it not even all appearance because they can't see us. Yeah, our personality. I mean, like, what's who's your favorite sister? Who's your least favorite? Sister? Okay, actually, no one do that, or I'll actually like not do this podcast anymore because <laughs> I'm gonna get really upset. I'm I'm if people started raiding us yeah i would not really want to do it to the show anymore i'd be like well that's it i'm never putting myself out there again period period so i would just would like to say that everyone's doing great at staying cool and i appreciate that shout out to all the gamers for staying cool we really appreciate it and someone make us merch that says stay cool gamer yeah we really do want to do freaking i always have a like i think it'd be fun to do Nobody steal this. If we do merch, I want to do uh, like 
pins and shirts that say like certified fake gamer girl like that's fun like stuff like that so well Josie's the hardest around here so yeah Josie start designing us merch <laughs> freak no right um or I don't, no I don't I only do the anime characters I don't do merch you can do merch it's just words that look pretty I'm not good at that too oh, bad I'll jump <laughs> I'll do you don't think any artist can do every single type of art? Yeah. Jesse, merch is like the easiest type of art. I've seen yeah, him way harder stuff. Not the ugliest. I don't know. I don't feel like doing that. I think we should hire an artist if we want that. Lame. All right. Well, well let's start. Yeah, let's get into it. Tell, tell the people what we're doing for our topic today. Okay, so... This week, we are talking about games that were unexpectedly scary. Or maybe games that were scary that weren't supposed to be scary. Something along those lines. Um, So I'm going to start mine off with a little song. Okay? Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. You ready? Okay. Yes. Okay, wait. Give me a second. Give me one second. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I know this song. All right, so that was just a little clip for you people that will get you get you in the right headspace for what I'm about to talk about, and that is the original Animal Crossing. Okay. Okay, so this game. If you follow us on TikTok, Erin recently actually did like a story time type thing about this. She wrapped it, but this it's not, that was on my personal TikTok. Oh, really? I thought it was on our Fake Gamer Girls. I think it was on... No, I think it was on Fake Gamer Girls, actually. But mm-hmm. anyway, this game scared the crap out of me as a child. And let's mm-hmm. talk about... So I don't want to talk about Animal Crossing too much. We've talked about Animal Crossing a lot. But I want everyone to know that the Animal Crossing New Horizons that most of us know now, where mm-hmm. the creators have genuinely said, like, this game, we made sure everything was going to be uplifting. We wanted it to be a game that was going to make people feel good because the world can be really hard. That was not always the case about <laughs> Animal Crossing. Okay? Because if, if New Horizons is your first foray into the world of Animal Crossing... You know what? I'm happy for you, but oh my gosh, you missed out on some traumatizing stuff. Yeah, we were living in the wild, wild west back in the day in the game. Okay. (laughs) Because Animal Crossing, that song that I just played you, I'm going to talk about a couple different things. Three different things that made this game unnecessarily scary, okay? So the first one was what that theme song is for, which is... um. Which is, why are you guys texting? Sorry, I'm sending you the responses that we're going to read at the end. Oh, I was like, thought you guys were like saying like I was doing bad or something. No. <laughs> okay. So I was trying to be so subtle by texting it and not saying anything, but here we are. Oh, you are literally in the group chat. You can look and see why we're texting. Well, that's why I was stumbling over my words. <laughs> <laughs> 
Anyway, so the first one with that with that theme was was the Rossetti theme song. So Rossetti, scary man, Rossetti is one of the scariest um, villains in uh, video game history. I would say true, <laughs> right? True. Is Rossetti a villain though? No. <laughs> in my mind, as a child, he really was. He's okay. he is scary. I will say that. So. This was back in the day when the autosave was not a thing and you would have like save cards, like memory, memory cards. cards, yeah. Yeah. And you would have to automatically save your game on your memory card if you wanted to save or manually your app. saves. Or yeah, sorry. Not yeah. automatically. Yeah, sorry. You had to manually save. And um one thing that they put in this game was a little guy named Rossetti to remind you to save. So at the beginning of the game, I think the very first time you play it or something, he pops up and he tells you with this scary music playing in the background, like <laughs> and he's screaming at you, like, you better save or Yeah, no. Rossetti always speaks in all caps. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes it will like vibrate your controller because he's yelling so loud. So upset. And it's just like he'll be like, You better save or else. Well, some of us were not really reading the text of this game to when we were playing it, because we're children and we're not really playing to read. So I don't even think that I necessarily read everything that he said, or if I did, I didn't understand it. Because I never saved. Ever. We pretty much never, like, for the longest time when we played this game, we would just play like we were starting a new town every, like every single day. time. Every single time. And, and, what- and with that, too, we, you know, with those old GameCube memory cards, you, they weren't very big. You know, now there are games like Elden Ring, I think, is like 60 gigs or something. These memory cards were like maybe four gigs total of memory. And so it was like, they got so full so fast and we were kids and we had no concept of like how to clear a memory card. Yeah. I know it's like, if my memory card was full, you just uninstall some games, you delete some memory. And like, you have to do that on the Switch occasionally now because it doesn't have a ton of storage. But like, you know, Sam was like probably nine and I was probably seven. And I was probably younger than that. You think so? Well, no, you're probably right. We were we were young kids that had no concept of how to do that. And so it, even if we wanted to save, we couldn't like 90% of the time. So it was so, a difficult scenario. <laughs> and so what would, that would really result in for us was that every time you logged into this game, Rossetti would pop up and give you his screaming speech with this music playing about why you should have saved and you're so stupid for not saving. Like, it was a Yeah, he was not nice about it. They really wanted to scare you into saving your game. But yeah, so that was the part one of why this game was scary. Second part was just the just the general dialogue of the characters. Uh-huh. Now in this one, they're like, Hey, can I give you a nickname? You're my best friend and I love you. We missed you so much. And this game is boring as hell in comparison. <laughs> but but in continue. Original, in the original <laughs> Animal Crossing, they would be like, what's up, ugly? How are you doing today? They'd be like, I'm going to call you dumb loser from now on because you're a dumb loser. Yeah. yeah no, no. Okay. <laughs> or, yeah, they would just straight up be like, wow, your fashion sense reminds me of 
a pile of poop. Like you look like just... you got that shirt from the dumpster. Yeah, they were not nice to you. Which you know, like I said, I wasn't necessarily reading this game or playing this game to read. So I wasn't always reading everything they're saying, but. When you do read that as a kid, you're like, hmm, I'm getting yelled at by a lot of people in this game. Why does everyone hate me so much in this town? And this game, you know, in the current and more recent Animal Crossings, you they'll ask you questions like, you know, what's your favorite kind of soda or whatever? What's your favorite drink? And you answer and they're like, that's a good choice. In this one, it would be like, do you like me? And you'd be like, no, because you're a kid and you aren't paying attention. You're just clicking through. And then they would literally, like, hold a grudge against you. Like, yeah. <laughs> because you answered their question wrong. And so <laughs> there were so many opportunities to just frick up every relationship you had in that game. Okay, so this is going to lead me to point three. With, given this context that I've laid out for you, of you do get yelled at in this game. Mm -hmm. And people are mean to you. So, man, there's right and wrong. There's right and wrong. Okay, there are right and wrong choices you can make. All right, so let's let's take a little uh, mental walk over to the police station that they had in the original Animal Crossing. So, in this, they had a lost and found where they would just there'd be random items of clothing or like it's like randomly furniture yeah randomly there and you had the opportunity to look at the lost and found i as a child as also a very naturally obedient child what would look at that and be like well none of this stuff is mine so i guess i don't get it i was my also sister. a naturally obedient <laughs> child my sister she was like hmm I can just say that all of this stuff is mine, and I get to keep it. And, and they let me have it. And they just let me do it. I had a very good concept as a child of, like, things not being real. Like, I feel like very early on, I was like, this is a video game, and this isn't real, and so it doesn't matter. And I was but like, I, awesome. I just was this not. I was like felt like if I had wronged someone in the video game or wronged someone in real life, I was going to feel the same amount of guilt that I would have felt in mm -hmm. either situation. Like, I had right. no real way of, like, separating myself. I also was one of those kids that was always worried about hurting someone's feelings or doing the wrong thing. So I was very mm -hmm. anxious as a child. And, well, and another thing is that I also learned about lying right around <laughs> this time, which did lead to some very traumatic punishments from my parent not really but uh <laughs> this was also right around the time that i was like oh i am six and i can just lie about things interesting so basically i would watch my sister lie about the lost and found and, and basically and, steal which and they decked out the sickest outfits ever and which I was just looking back on is probably most likely, definitely, what the concept, what the whole point of that was for, was for you to get cool stuff because there was no consequences. Yeah. But in my head, I always felt like there were going to be consequences in the game and also in real life. In real life as well, yes. Like, there was going to be consequences where my sister was going to get found out for lying. She's going to get yelled at. She was going to get in trouble. And go to jail. 
And maybe we'll get arrested. <laughs> so basically, this game really scared me to the point where I literally was having a hard time functioning because I was just so freaked out by it. <laughs> my mom eventually, the, the, the real tragedy of the story is that my mom eventually was like, okay, this game is freaking her out way too much. We're getting rid of it. And she threw it away. And the game was gone forever. And and yeah. I was punished for my sister's anxiety. <laughs> yeah. And so, I was pissed. Basically, that's the whole story with the with the Animal Crossing. Um, why it's scary and why it's specifically the original one that's scary. But yeah. Well, and really, every game after that was trending towards what we now have with... Is every game... The villagers became less harsh every game. Uh, like, I think the Lost and Found pretty quickly stopped being part of the game, or it became a very minor part of the game. There's not even a police station in the later games, like, stuff like that, so. Yeah, it's just, like, take it if you want it. They're like... But, yeah, the original, though, went original really hard. They'd have, like, is this yours? And you have to be like, yes, yes. or no. And, and then they'd be, be like, yes, they'd be like, that's all. Are you sure? <laughs> so, anyway, Scary. that's my very other unnecessarily other... scary. The thing that scared the crap out of me in this game was the gyroids. I thought they were very scary. Oh, oh yeah, those things are creepy. They're they're they're, they're significantly cuter now, and they're and they're much like higher resolution. Yeah, I was going to say, the resolution really makes a difference. <laughs> yeah, they're just like little fire hydrants, but they made such scary noises, and you found them in the ground, and it was just a lot for a child. Yeah. There's like cockroaches in your house that kind of freaked me out. And their spirits float away when you kill them. Yeah. You step on the cockroaches, and their literal like soul floats out of their body, so that's a lot as well. So, all right. Anyway, it's like one of those things that's like, hmm, I guess this is for kids, but I guess we're yelling at them a lot. <laughs> Early 2000s were like, um, so it's my turn. I'm going to talk about uh, a much more recent game, What Remains of Edith Finch. Uh, it's a 2017 game. And, and it's, yeah, I will say that it's not necessarily un. Or it's not necessarily like surprisingly scary. It's surprisingly gruesome and dark. So it's Edith Finch. What remains of Edith Finch is came out in 2017, uh, and it's sort of this walking simulator, first person exploration game. Um, and you play as Edith Finch, uh, who is returning to her, you know, family home that's been in her family for like a few generations. It's actually in Washington on Orcas Island, which we have been to. Ooh, Orcas yeah. Island is is beautiful. And we oh, went camping there. Yeah, we went camping there and we did like a whale tour when we were kids and it was fun. Um, and then this game uh, is actually- Josie is like, I don't remember that literally yeah, at all. You were probably like four. I so. don't remember that. I do. Uh, yeah. yeah. Josie was just little. Better than mine. Um, I can't remember things that happened literally last year. <laughs> uh, but what? Okay, so I will say, what remains of Edith is deceptive because it is a game that, like, it has won so many awards for art, for 
narrative, for storytelling. Like, it's a very critically acclaimed game, and it's considered, like, a really good example of video games as art. Um, and so I went into this playing it. It's also very short. Uh, it can be completed in a couple of hours. Uh, but it is... So going into it completely blind, I didn't really realize what it was. And so maybe part of that is why it was so unexpected how harsh it is. But you play as Edith Finch, who is 18 years old. She's returning to her family home, which is on Orcas Island off the coast of Washington State. Um, and she is essentially going through her family home that she grew up in that has all of these shrines to her dead relatives in their bedrooms. Uh, and you find you know, out how people do when yeah, they die. So you find out that her great-grandmother, who was named Edith Finch but went by Edie, so her great-grandmother Edie, um, basically she believed that her family was cursed uh, and so that every member of a generation except one is always fated to die in some horrible, unexpected way. So all but one will die, um, which is horrible. And you basically go through this house that Edith's ancestors, you know, built. And there are these bedrooms that are literally like sealed off shrines to her, you know, her deceased great aunts and uncles and, and relatives. Um, and in this game, as you're going through you essentially play through all of your dead relatives' deaths. Um, and it is super, super sad sometimes. And sometimes genuinely scary. Um, and it's it's so strange because you play through these, like, vignettes of, of people that Edith never actually knew, but they had these sealed-off bedrooms in her house growing up. And so it's like... And there are these paintings, like these portraits that Edie did to her dead children like it's wild um but so there are several like a lot of deaths that you play through or that you at least touch upon um but some of the you know there are some that are just really hard to stomach so uh one is the death of molly finch who is 10 years old she died in 1947 um and you play she i think hers is the first one you play through and you are just a little girl with an overactive yeah, I will say some general trigger warnings for um, just deaths of children, childhood trauma. Maybe if you had a bad relationship with your mom or have suffered abuse at the hands of a mother, maybe just skip ahead like 15 minutes to Josie's section. Um, and and if you want more intense trigger warnings, maybe pause and look up actual trigger warnings for all of the deaths. I don't, you know... I don't want to waste everybody's time going through a billion things. Um, but the first death that you play through is the death of Molly Finch, who died in 1947. And she's this very sweet little girl. Her painting is just like this little blonde 10-year-old. Um, and she is in trouble and is sent to bed without dinner. Um, and in her frustration, she basically is hungry and decides that she's just going to eat whatever she can get her hands on. And this 10-year-old eats several things, including... Uh, fluoridated toothpaste uh holly berries which are poisonous or it's unclear if the holly berries are real or plastic either way not good um and essentially she dies from food poisoning because she wanted she was sent to bed without dinner um it's really sad and 
Every single one of these uh, vignettes that you play through are kind of framed differently. Uh, where this one is framed, it's almost sort of like Alice in Wonderlandy. Like she's this little girl with a super active imagination, and she's like, there's like a you know, and a little animal talking to her, and she thinks she's like in this little fantasy land, and and it becomes clear as she starts to get sicker and sicker, like that this is real, and she's really eating things that she shouldn't be, but she's just a little kid, and she doesn't realize. Um, and so that's a really hard one. Um, the next death is her sister, Barbara. Barbara Finch, her death is... is Molly's sister, Barbara? Yes, sorry. So these are all... What's children. the character's name? It's Edith Finch, but remains oh, Edith Finch. They're so you're, named Edith Finch? Yes, so you are playing as Edith Finch, who is named after her great-grandmother, Edith Finch. But the great-grandma goes by Edie, so I will never call the grand... The, the great-grandma, I will never call her Edith. Her name is Edie. And yeah. you are Edith. Um, but so Barbara Finch is another one of Edie's children, and she is uh, killed when she's 16, uh, and her death is framed in this sort of comic book 50s style, you know, kind of pop art. And it's it's hers is one of the most ambiguous ones. But basically, there is a home invader on Halloween night that just murders her, supposedly. And it's it's very unclear, you know, what's actually happening, what was real. Uh, it seems like her death was from being maybe pushed off of the stairs by a home invader. It's unclear if it's a serial killer, if it's someone she knows. Hers is very uh, confusing. But again, just like scary, like a teenage girl being attacked by a home invader. Um... So that sucks. And then uh, Calvin Finch is 11 and he dies in 1961. And his dream is to go in a loop while he's on a swing set, like to to flip over the bar, which like who's what little kid doesn't want to do that? What 11 year old doesn't want to do a flip over the, you know, go in a loop on a swing set? We all want to do that. Um, But he uh, he's successful and and ends up falling off a cliff because of it because they're this house on a cliff and literally like launches himself off a cliff and dies and so it's and then i would uh, say the scariest part of this is to me is why they just have all these rooms that they're not using anymore yeah and so people died in them yeah so it's well and they didn't even die in the rooms most of them yeah, yeah. there's this very uh there's a lot of more home ownership well and really <laughs> I'm just talking about kind of the surface level storytelling. There's also a lot of other stuff, you know, going on narratively that is, it makes it very clear that Edie, uh, that this curse is probably not real. Uh, like there's no, there's no point in their history where she thinks they would have been cursed. Their life, her life is just so bad and her children are dying and her brother dies and stuff like that, that she basically comes up with this curse. Um, and, and it becomes very clear that she, Edie, the great grandmother has convinced herself of this curse because she refuses to face the reality that she is pretty responsible in most of her children's deaths. Um, uh, and, and that's, especially with the younger kids, you know, the 10 year old, 11 year old, she's even the 16 year old, like if she hadn't been left home alone, if, you know, things like that, if, if he had been supervised on the swing, if, if your daughter hadn't been sent to bed without you know, dinner. Um, and then uh, Gregory Finch, this is now the next generation. I believe that this is 
not Edie's child. It's somebody else's kid. I can't really remember. I don't, it's hard to tell who's, who's related to, they're all related. But uh, Gregory Finch is the youngest. Uh, he's one, he's one year old. And uh, his death is, is the hardest to play through, in my opinion, because it is so realistic. Um, I literally have like goosebumps right now. It's so hard to get through. Uh, you are in first person as Gregory, this one-year-old in the bathtub. Uh, your mom walks away. I know your mom walks away. You accidentally turn on the tap and you literally, it's its this like baby perspective of this little, he's having so much fun. He's playing with his toys the entire time and the water level is just slowly rising. And And it's not, and none of these deaths are graphic or gruesome. If anything, all of these, well, so they're gruesome and they're horrible, but pretty much every single one of these vignettes play up to the moment of death. Um, So it's not like you're like seeing him lose consciousness. You don't see a baby drowning in a bathtub, but you know what's happening. And like, it is just devastating. And it's so realistic. It happens every year, like hundreds of kids. And it's just, it's just something so small, but it's so... It can be so devastating. And then, you know, there are other deaths. There's, um, you know, someone dies in a construction accident. There's a hunting accident. Um, there are some other things with, you know, so, there's one of one of Edie's children is so terrified of the curse that he ends up, like, basically barricading himself in the basement with her help um, and eventually, you know, leaves and... Edie basically cashes in on her son being barricaded in the basement by talking about how there's a mole man under the house. Um, and eventually he gets the courage to leave after his mother dies or around. No, I don't remember if it's before or after she dies. And he's like hit by a train. Um, and Edie eventually does kill herself. Um, but you play as Edith Finch, who was born in 1999. So this is like two generations later. And it's just it's it's so it's. It's such a conflicting game because, like, it is gorgeous visually and cinematically, and it's so interesting and well-made, and I totally understand why it's won all the awards that it has because, like, it's a very compelling story, and it's so interesting. And just, you know, it's just this very uh, sad story about, you know, generational trauma and and also just the role and how much responsibility parents do have to take when there's an unexpected death of a child. And like, and, and the harm that can be caused for your other children and, and for you and future generations when, when something like that does happen and you are unable to face it. Um, and so it's, it's, yeah, really, I think it's a game that a lot of people didn't understand would be so dark going into it, but like, it's a great game. So it's, it's so weird. Because it's, like, horrible. It really is. Most of it is horrible and super sad and really hard to get through. But, like, it's it's really an art form. It's it's very, I don't know. I'm, I'm having a hard time, like, putting it into words. But, like, unexpectedly terrifying in, like, a very realistic way. Like, it's not like, like, there are no monsters. There's no, like, you know, zombie plague going on. But, like everything is so these are all real ways that real people have died and it's really sad so yeah spooky spooky in a depressing way in a very depressing way you know, if you like very 
very realistic and sad things. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> I mean, really, it, it's sort of like those, you know, like real horror movies where like genuinely bad things just happen to people sometimes. And like that is scary and sucks. So that's me bringing down the podcast. Uh, Josie, bring us up with something less horrible. <laughs> uh i think i so my game is we were here just the first one super scary i haven't played any of the other ones yet there's like a few different games but I'm yeah there's some spin over we here i've never just heard of this phone we were really i feel like i've talked about it on the pod before well besides that if you have well okay so we were here is described as a cooperative first person adventure game and that's genre, not how I would describe it. The genre did as first-person puzzle game. I do not know why this game is not classified as a horror game. It's pretty scary. It's scary. Okay. So basically, we were here is but like it's unexpectedly game. scary. <laughs> yeah, it is. It really is. It is a two-player game where. You are in two different roles. You're playing as, I think, what is like called the librarian and like the adventurer. And essentially, you're both two travelers and you are in like the snowy woods and then you get like knocked out and you wake up in this mansion and both of you are in different places, but you have walkie talkies to communicate with each other. And your goal is to solve these like different levels and puzzles and eventually get out of the game. So this is going to have spoilers a little bit for the end and just, like, for all of the puzzles. But if you are, like, looking... It's free, by the way. It's free on Steam. If you want to play this game with somebody, I would highly recommend it. It's very funny to play, but it is a little... You have to play it with two people? Yeah. Yeah, it's a two-player game. Okay. And essentially what it is is that the librarian is in one area, one room, pretty much, for the entire game. Except for the very end, and the adventurer is like moving through these different mazes and rooms and stuff. And your goal is that the librarian is getting all these clues about what the adventurer has to do and communicating it through the walkie talkie so the adventurer can keep going. So that's like a very basic premise. And the first one is a very simple puzzle. Uh, basically, you just have to pick up a book and match colors with each other and eventually like put symbols together and you get to the next room this sounds like yeah. a dungeons and dragons like scenario where it that, is very that I've yeah like a one shot this is like totally like a one shot story basically yeah or there's always um, i feel like you're always in a situation in dungeons and dragons where it's like you have to try to communicate with someone but they're far away they can't see yeah. each other yeah each other. yeah so the second puzzle is the painting room. The um, librarian goes in, or the the explorer sees a bunch of weird paintings, and you have to like describe the painting to the librarian and get the symbols underneath it messed up. Whatever, it's all pretty easy. There's nothing super life and death happening yet. Mm-hmm. But then you enter the room, and basically. Um, this one is actually a timed one where the water starts slowly filling up the room and if the librarian doesn't give you the right clues in time you drown and you die so it's starting to get a little more intense uh it's not like crazy yet 
but generally like the spikes are getting higher yes you can tell that it's going to get harder and harder uh i personally have always been creeped out from this game from the beginning just because it has this really creepy like lonely atmosphere weird and and unsettling for sure very unsettling for everybody um so that happens in the submerged one and then we get to the dungeon so the explorer walks into this big room and it's essentially this giant maze with a bunch of door puzzles and lever puzzles across it and the librarian has a map of this and has to describe where exactly to go and you kind of as the explorer you can sometimes hear like crawling sounds like crawling around oh scary so fast i don't i've like never seen a monster and i genuinely i don't necessarily think there's any malicious entity actually following you in there but i did look it up member i looked it up and these are what the reviews say this one says is there someone else in the maze besides you and your friend the first one the first um, reply says i i have this is a good question i noticed that there were weird voices here and there banging in the painting room and then a creature or thing that drags a lot across the dungeon halls yes with- i did see that I when i played see this that. the creepy monster that is crawling in the dungeon with you yes and this one says multiple times i swear i saw a dark figure step around a corner just as i entered a hallway and i'm pretty sure that i do remember that because i had to be the explorer and i was like trying i literally was like matt i don't want to play anymore i don't want to play anymore. yeah it's like very haunting and scary when you're playing as the explorer and you go into this dungeon and you can't tell if something is in there with you or not so you're kind of like it's like it's really tense especially when you're trying to like make get out of here as soon as possible you know it's creepy it's very creepy and the graphics of this game are like semi-realistic too they're kind of like i don't know the whole thing is very like uncanny valley core it's all the whole game is very creepy all i'm thinking of is the level in detroit the zlotko level (laughs) (laughs) is that anything similar it's more dungeony less modern house more dungeony yeah, but that one's creepy. Wait, too. are you not? Are you done, Josie, or is there more? No, I'm still going. Okay, I was gonna say you're not saying the thing that scared the literal scariest. Oh, I know, because I I think I was the explorer too on that part, and I was oh like, God. So the next puzzle is the frozen courtyard. This one is not really scary. It's just the explorer is, is about to freeze to death, and the. A librarian has to get like a video going to tell them where to put like these big chess pieces and yeah. if they can like successfully do it you know you get out so it like it goes down you're kind of like oh maybe the dungeon was just like the scary level you know maybe the dungeon was the scariest part maybe and the rest of the game is just kind of creepy and then you get into the dark hallway which is just like essentially there's a bunch of tiles on the floor, and if you step on the wrong one, you get spiked. So the librarian has to use the keys, or the clues and stuff, to help mm-hmm. you with that. And then, 
there's one door in the library that has never opened and after they get the explorer gets past this suddenly the door opens and it's at the very top of the staircase in the library uh-huh and so the librarian goes up and the explorer is in a new room and they are on the back of a stage yeah and the librarian is inside of a theater Okay, and that's walks down. okay. Okay, that's good because I I remember I was confused because the roles kind of switch here. Yes, and I was like, I swear I played as the explorer. But... That's right. I played as the librarian as well. That's right. Yes, because I was the librarian in this situation. Yeah. So really, the whole game as the librarian, you're totally safe. Sorry, I'm I'm getting ahead of myself. Yeah, Go ahead. Absolutely. Go ahead. Me. No, I'm sorry. I just apologize. Don't yell at me. <laughs> That's so podcast. True, true. <laughs> Sisterly tension. So, um, as, yes, as Aaron said, like, basically, when you're playing the librarian, you're so safe throughout this whole game. You've never had the opportunity to die once. And the explorer has like, gotten the chance to die, like, 8,000 times already. And if you're me, but you then die 8,000 times already. Yeah. And so the roles are suddenly switched, and the librarian is the one who is out on the front line out on the front line while the explorer is giving the clues or in working all the the like mechanics and stuff so basically you get into this um theater and you can walk up to the stage and you know the explorer is on the other side of the stage and basically this audio recording of this play about some evil king who kills all of his subjects starts playing and the explorer has to wheel on the stage props at the right time during the story mm-hmm. to successfully keep moving and as the librarian you're like just telling the explorer if it's right or if they need to move something out onto the stage uh-huh. and you so behind the stage at this point, as you're pulling the levers, you don't know what you're pulling out and back and forth from. The yeah, stage. you can't see what you're pulling, really. So the explorer is like, oh, well, there's uh, what you just brought out was uh, a librarian, a castle. Yeah, sorry. The librarian's like, well, now there's a castle on the stage and you need to get rid of it, you know. And so yeah, you're kind you of work- you're still working on the stage. So you. um. As the librarian, you're watching the stage, but if you make the mistake of turning around, you will see this marionette puppet hanging from the ceiling. Massive. It It is gigantic. It slowly is moving towards you down the middle of the aisle. The it's so if you don't complete the play and get all of the right sets in time, the marionette puppet will literally kill you. Oh god, it is so scary. Explain why it's alive. No, nothing is explained in this game. Don't go into this wanting it to be explained. Yeah, basic, and this is the hardest puzzle in the whole game. It's very confusing. It's really hard. Guess basically, and if you if you get the right uh, play though, you can run past, and there is a trap door behind the stage or behind the props that can open, and you can finally leave, Mm -hmm. and then the two of you are reunited. But if you're like eighty thousand 
percent of people you probably have died a million times already and are giving up now because of the scary puppet and you don't want to deal with it but oh we at the end it. of the game yeah i did too uh finally like it took so long is that a thing do people actually really give up uh i've made my friends play it and they got too scared and stopped playing how fun puppet. It's scary as freak, though. It is really scary. But, like, you're also... It's pretty clear that you're close to the end of the game, so... Yeah. That's funny. That's the final puzzle. So, there is a pressure plate and a gate, and the two of you are together, and you're about to leave until you realize that one of you has to stand on the pressure plate to open the gate, and only one of you can leave. (laughs) Yeah. Terrible. You were together for so long, and you had this incredible bond and only one of you can survive and what yeah even the other one they just are locked in they're just uh, they are left behind yeah you can't and get different go get them the game ends the <laughs> game ends yeah there are different but... achievements for whoever goes and like stays i think yeah uh the person who leaves gets the achievement worst friend forever oh yeah <laughs> The person who stayed gets an achievement called "Why Me." Oh, please. Well, if you're me in this scenario, you I played this with my husband Matt, and he had played it like once before, like years ago, with a friend of his, like before we met. And I had never played it, and so we played it together. And I'm like, "Yay, we're free!" Dee, 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 and don't even notice that there is a pressure plate or any kind of decision mechanic here. So I'm like, "Do do 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 do, run out the gate!" And I don't even notice that he stopped. Yeah, was holding the gate open for me. And then I literally turn around, and he's stuck in there. And I was like, "No!" And he, I was like, he was like, "I just wanted you to be free," and I was so mad. Oh, he literally pranked me so hard, and I think I was such a jerk when I played too. I felt like such a jerk. That's so funny. They have very stressful. It's it is really stressful. It's fun though, and it can be really funny at times. Yeah, and it's it's also pretty short. It can be played in like one sitting. Yeah, it's really short. I made two of my friends play, and I watched them, and it was so funny. They were like screaming at each other. Yeah, it's very stressful. It's one of those games where it's very easy to start getting really irritated with each other. Where, like, as the explorer, you're like, I'm about to breeze to death. Tell me where to do the thing. You know, so super fun, yeah. but it is free, like Josie said. So, yeah, totally worth it. It's a really good two player game. Mm-hmm. If you're just looking for something to do. Yeah. Well, that's it. It's like great, great for like long distance. If you are in like a relationship long distance, or, yeah, you can play on Discord you know, or whatever. So yeah, or I like how you learned how to actually scary games, and I was like Animal Crossing. I don't know. I feel like yeah, yours is like actually unexpectedly scary. Mine was just like sad. Josie's was like <laughs> genuinely a freaky game. <laughs> yeah. Um, Josie's like, I don't know how to play games that are unexpectedly scary because I only seek out the scary ones. Actively scary. <laughs> All right. Well, Josie, why don't you wrap us up by reading the uh, li- listener responses? Okay. We can. So our first one for today is from Evelyn. <laughs> My cred, Evelyn. And her pronouns are she, her, of course. And she is playing, Um, this is what she says. 
ensemble stars per usual, <laughs> as well as Genshin Impact when I'm feeling a little crazy. Smirnyoji. That's me. So she's just like me for real. We're the same. Mm-hmm. And then we said, tell us more. And she says, Gotcha is a scam and we need to sue them as a society, which is so true. So Societal so truly of all the game. Then we have a submission from Ammon. Yeah, Ammon. Yeah. Ammon is um a mod <laughs> on our Discord server. Yeah. He's playing Apex Legends, Destiny Broadband Mother Game, Cyberpunk 2077. Yes. And he says, I'm having tons of fun playing Minecraft with my homies, you know? Guess who the homies is? It's me! It's Aaron. And he plays Apex with Matt. That's awesome. And then our last submission is from Mandy. And her pronouns are she, her as well. And she is playing, or she's saying she's going back and forth between Disney Dreamlight Valley Paper Mario Origami. I was up to say, I think we read this one. We did not. I did. Yes, we did. Last week? Yes. Really? Yeah. I don't remember this. About Paper Mario? Yeah, I remember this whole thing. Yeah. I personally don't remember reading this at all, so I was just going to be like, here it is again. Oh, um, well, we can read it again. Yeah, Mandy. Yeah, Mandy, thank you for your submission, I guess. Um, I'll read another one. I have it open still. Okay. And then this one is from Virginia A., whose pronouns are she, her. And she says she is playing Ocarina of Time on the Switch and Animal Crossing New Horizons, clapping emojis. Yeah. That's me clapping for you, Virginia. I have always played Nintendo games, but never Animal Crossing. Got it when I got a Switch this year, and I love that I can play 20 minutes a day and put it down without feeling compelled to play it for hours on end. And I totally agree with that. And also, sorry for, uh, we literally were just talking about people who started Animal Crossing with New Horizons. And so I guess that's you, Virginia. I hope I hope you don't get scared like we did. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, that's, that's it for this episode. Happy October. We love October. Um, we want you to I enter our giveaway. I'm going to carry this month on my back on this freaking podcast. True. Josie is James girl. Josie's the resident horror aficionado. Um, but yeah, follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Fit Gamer Girls Pod. Uh, enter the giveaway for sure if you're listening to this within the first few days of it coming out. Like for real, we really, uh, you know, this this gift card's going to someone, so it might as well be you. And thank you to everyone who's made this possible. Join our Discord server. Uh, tell us what you're playing on the survey, all that good stuff. And that's it. Stay cool, gamers. Stay cool, gamers. Bye. Bye. Bye.